Thanks for choosing to listen to another City Point West podcast. I trust that this message empowers and encourages you to continue your journey of faith. Enjoy. You know, it says in 1 John 3, uh, it says this, verse 8, um, For this purpose was the Son of God manifest to destroy the works of the devil. <laughs> when Peter said to Jesus, oh, I wouldn't let you die. Jesus said to Peter, get behind me, Satan, because the purpose I came was to die. The purpose I came was to pay the price of sin. The purpose I came. And I want to read to you from Ephesians, because um, we'll read a little of the story of, um, of the life and death of of, of of Jesus, but I just want to read you from Ephesians, Ephesians chapter three, which is amazing because Paul speaks here about a mystery, a mystery, and the, and the 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 great challenge to the church and the, and to all of us as Christians is that most of our life we use our carnal minds, but we never find the revelations of God. We can understand that God exists and we can believe He does, but it's the great revelations that come to us never come through the carnal mind. There is a dimension beyond just the natural thinking, and that's the spirit mind, the mind of the spirit. And Paul said, put on the mind of Christ. And then some people try to be all spiritual and they pray how they should breathe or they pray they should have a cup of tea. And that's ridiculous. You, you make up a decision out of your carnal mind to have a cup of tea, which I do about 20 times a, a day or dare much water I drink, you know, just with some tea bags in it. <laughs> I could call it out again. But, you know, like a, it's just a decision. But our spirit mind. And, you know, Tim and I were speaking before, Pastor Tim, um, and the, the, the Pharisees and scribes had studied the Bible and understood it by the carnal mind. They, they lived their own righteousness, but never found the revelation of Jesus Christ. Because we must put on the spirit mind, the mind of the spirit. And uh, so this morning, I trust that we're able to enter into the great power of, of the blood that was shed for us. The price of it. When you took that cup this morning, his body was broken, his blood was shed. And the Bible says that Jesus entered into the tabernacle, not made with hands. There's one made with hands. It's it's the same, it's 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 the same pattern. He entered into there, went behind the veil, into the mercy seat, and today he speaks from the mercy seat over our lives. And his own blood cries out for us day and night. <laughs> and when you fail in life, it's not like, oh, I'm veiled or God's cranky with me. No, we come to Jesus because His blood speaks and cuts off Satan's access to our lives. For this purpose was the Son of God manifest to destroy the works of Satan. Where? Not over the earth, but over your life. Sometimes we go into intercession to break all the... That'll happen when Jesus returns. He will bind him up, throw him into the pit of hell. That all deal. I'm not preaching on the end times today, even though end times close, but I'm speaking about your life, my life. He died, he rose again for victory in me. You know, when Jesus died and rose again, there was no victory in the political scene. I didn't mean to say we don't become interested in it. doesn't mean to say we don't vote. It just says there was no victory in the political scene. The Romans never changed. And the Jews were still under oppression. But there was great victory and the church multiplied and the world was turned upside down, the Bible records. Yeah. Yeah. 
because of the great victory that's in Christ Jesus. And you, you know, whatever's happening in our world now, I don't want to go into world affairs. I, I like to find out what's going on and then turn it off so it doesn't affect what I believe. <laughs> I still believe he'll take me through. <laughs> People say, well, when the Antichrist comes, what's well, all right, I won't be taking the mark because I've got power to go through. He'll kill you. Well, he can't kill me because Jesus is my resurrection and life. He can do rid of this body, but it's going anyhow. There's not a lot of good to me now. There's a lot of parts given up, you know. So, you know, don't get too excited about that. We got the courage to live, but the faith to die. <laughs> That's the deal. Uh, you know, when I got my heart done, um, didn't die, and the doctor said, you worry me. I said, why? He said, because you don't seem to be afraid of dying. I said, well, I've got a saviour. I said, I'd like to live. I'd like to be with my family. I love being with the church. I love life down here. But if I die, I die. That's the deal. It's not a big deal. It's just a transition. And when we live in, in the carnal mind, we go, oh, die, you know. I don't look to die. I look to live. I do everything I can to live. I thank Deb for helping me to live. <laughs> and I always obey her. Don't ask her if that's right. <laughs> Uh, but you see, when we come to this great day and this great celebration, and though it may be the moment where we, we, we're sad, but never let the emotion of your heart dictate to the truths of God's Word. I see people come to Good Friday, they're all emotionally sad. Get over that. He's alive. What we're doing is remembering the great power of His death. When he took upon himself the only Lamb of God, the Lamb of God that took away the sin of the world. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a mournful thing. It was a horrendous, unbelievably brutal death. But that's the power of sin. Wow. Sin, where is your power? The power of sin is in death. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our... <laughs> There's great hope today. Great hope in the midst of whatever's happening in the world. We may not change the world events, but we can change how we live through it. We can live in victory through that. We can live in overcoming power. Is the finances going to break up? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But I do know this, that I've sown enough seed for God to look after me to the end. Come on. See, what you believe. <laughs> The Bible says this, be careful. It's the only place it says be careful to Christians of any evil spirit. as an evil spirit of unbelief. Yeah. Be careful of any evil spirit of unbelief. So faith in Christ and faith in what He's done is a great power. So let me just read this scripture because I'm preaching what I didn't want to preach. It's not bad preaching, but you know. <laughs> Verse 8 says this. To me who am less than all the least of the saints, this grace was given. What grace? That he might preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ to make all people see what is the fellowship of the mystery which was from the beginning of ages, which was hidden in God who created all things through Jesus Christ. So he's saying he's now preaching there was a mystery. And we know that's true. Because they couldn't see the mystery. I mean, the scribes and Pharisees didn't see it. A few did. Nicodemus, others came to Jesus. But you know, the mystery was, is this the Christ? Could he come as a baby? Uh, now he looks like he's going to be crucified and defeated. The mystery. 
And Paul said then, he said, I'm preaching this mystery that now is revealed. Who do? <coughs> the church. It's given to the church. Everyone say, I'm the church. Shout, I'm the church. <laughs> You're the church. You're not City Point. We go to City Point. You're the church. Wherever you walk, the church is there. Declaring the Lordship of Jesus Christ. So this is what Paul said is given to the church, which is Easter. Listen to this. He said, to, to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be known by the church and told to the church, by the church to the principalities and powers in heavenly places according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access through confidence, with confidence through faith in him. Simply this morning, I want to say this. What are we declaring to the principalities and powers? You know, be careful what you say. Be careful what you're declaring. You know, I've gone through some hardships in my life, and Tim would know that more than ever. Uh, you know, where it takes me a week or two to get over the, you know, when Trish went into home, I'll be honest, I didn't see that too good. And I got through that and then COVID come, I couldn't see her. I've got to be honest, I was a cranky old man. That was a deal. I could smile on Sunday and Deb, I've turned up at your place with a few tears too, you know. You know, it was, it was, it was, just didn't seem to be my declaration of victory. You know, that was it. Until one day I thought, well, Jesus, you know, I can't change this, but I can change how I am. Because you are the resurrection and the life. I had wins to God. I told him, we work miracles, God. You said we work with Trish, get out of that. You know, we've done all the deal. You know, we've done all the deal. And it didn't, it didn't work that way. Everyone said it didn't work that way. It still works. There's no defeat. <laughs> There's only defeat when defeat defeats you. <laughs> See, that's the power of the Jesus' death today. And, and you know, we, if we don't have a declaration, while well, my declaration was, God, I want that, there was no power. When my declaration became, Jesus, you are the resurrection. Jesus, you are my provider. You are Jehovah Jireh. You are El Shaddai. <laughs> You're more than enough. Then God begins to break through in some unusual, miraculous ways around our lives. Not the way I would have done it. Not the way I don't. If I was God, I would have walked down and showed off real big in front of all those nurses and doctors, you know. But he didn't do that. Trish is still there. And we're still loving her and still caring for her and still doing our deal. But, you know, she's still there. And, you know, uh, someday he'll take her into his eternal arms. He's told me he'll do that. But when, that's not my business. That's his business. My business is to believe. So when we come to the great, great moment of Good Friday, <laughs> I want to just give you three quick thoughts because uh, I do tend to preach too long and it's already time is gone, but I'd give you a quick two thoughts. <laughs> Somebody said to me, well, it doesn't matter, time doesn't matter. Never say that to a preacher <laughs> because the deal, that doesn't work, you know. Um, first thing is, Good Friday, when Jesus went to the cross, there was no one else that could pay the price but him for my sin. Didn't matter how good I tried to get, my self-righteousness was as filthy rags, the Bible says. But at the cross, Jesus paid for my redemption. I was a slave to sin. Somebody had to break the slavery from my life, and only Jesus could do it. 
Some years ago, um, when I was pastor of City Point, um, the young people used to go out in the street and preach street preaching. I was brought up on street preaching, so I didn't mind street preaching, you know, but, you know, it's probably not the most effective place for evangelism, but certainly teaches your boldness. I went out there and, you know, Dave Connett and, and Simon Campbell and some of those guys, they were bold little roosters, you know. <laughs> they, they preached some good sermons there, and I just watched and I watched on and cheered them on. Yeah, doing great, boys, doing great. And then it got around 9 o'clock, and, um, and I thought, well, I'll go now. They're doing a good job, and nearly finished. And as I went to go, Simon, being the smart mouth he is, jumped up and said, our senior pastor's here. Now, that, that's, like, that's like throwing an hand grenade into the crowd, you know, like Senior pastor, who's the priest, you know, what's he doing out here? You know, our senior pastor's here, and he wants to, he wants to share with you. I want to share with Simon. <laughs> Not with the crowd, you know. <laughs> and I said, Jesus, please help me, because he just got two saved. Please help me get four, you know. Just a, just a little pride, you know, and I had to humble myself later. But, you know, I said, please, Jesus, just help me, you know. And I remember I walked across, and the West Peck headquarters of the bank was there, and I had no idea what to th- I was going to say because I wasn't thinking about speaking there. I looked at that and I said, see the Westpac Bank over there? Some people love that bank. They've got the money in there. They're getting good dividends. It's a blessing to them. Other people hate that place because they've got a loan there. And now some people can't even pay back their loan and there's going to be a repossession of their life of being enslaved to this bank. And this bank has no mercy, has no grace. You know, we're enslaved to sin like that. There's no mercy in sin because the wages of sin, the Romans chapter 6 says, is death. But the free gift of God in Christ Jesus (laughs) is eternal life. Uh, And as I spoke, I said, you know, that bank is good news to some, but I've got another bank that's a beautiful bank. It never bears bankrupt. It is always merciful. It is always gracious. And his name is Jesus. And a whole bunch of people just walked out, drunk people mainly, but out of the club. And preaching to drunk people is a real lot of fun, but, you know, no use, you know, because drunk people don't know how to respond. And some guys come out and go, who's, who's? Oh, I can't say what they said because... It's not in my vocabulary, <laughs> and certainly it's not in my vocabulary. Just leave it there. And you know, and I looked and I said, "Just a moment before you make a judgment. Just a moment. Just a moment. Just before you drink, your alcohol speaks too loud. Listen." And everyone sort of stopped. I said, "Jesus loves you. He came for you. He's more merciful than that bank. He's more merciful than, and he can reach in because he has paid for your." sin. He's paid for the debt you pay, the debt you owe. He's paid for it all. And he mercifully puts his arms out with loving kindness to wrap you in. I said, and if you want to accept him tonight, would you make a decision by stepping up here? I want to shake your hand and tell you, you're a brave person. And I was so happy Jesus brought four people up there. (laughs) Just had to tell you that, you know. (laughs) So, you know, around the church and went, the old fellow still got it. The old fellow still got it. Thank you, guys. I needed your acclamation to feel good about myself. You know? <laughs> but, you know, I want to say this. He's redeemed you. He's redeemed you. You can't pay that debt. You can't build enough righteousness in you. He wants to exchange his righteousness with your life. Second thing, if you look in Isaiah chapter 53, it says this. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chaste, chaste, whoop, chaste, 
chastisement was upon him for our peace. And by, come on, by his, we are made whole. Whole. Wholeness is holiness. Wholeness. He makes us holy. How beautiful is that? And, you know, if we look through Ephesians, it's through the Bible, it says he first redeems us, but he also delivers us. In Luke chapter 7, 8, read it all of you, Luke, and here you'll find it. <coughs> it's good to read the Bible. <laughs> and here it is. Mary Magdalene is serving Jesus with some of the other women. And they describe Mary Magdalene as this lady. It's the lady that Jesus cast out seven demons from. You see, she was redeemed. But many people get redeemed but not delivered. God, you get delivered from your past. Delivered. Well, there's a connotation over the church of deliverance, you manifest and funny demons. It's not that old. Deliverance is deep repentance. Where the power of Jesus comes in, the goodness of God leads us to that repentance and it's the power of God that breaks the chains and loosens the bands through the blood of Jesus Christ. And you know, to live a victorious Christian life, we need to live in the delivering power of the blood. If you're a spirit-minded person, every day somewhere your mind will need to be a you need to evict demons from around your mind. How many people here rehearse the past? Talk about your problems. But Jesus has redeemed you from that. But now he's going to deliver you from that so you can be reconciled to God. Hallelujah. <clears throat> See, we don't have to live. We don't have to rehearse. You go through life for you, David. You grew up in a good Christian family. I grew up when I actually threatened to murder my auntie at 11 and a spirit of anger came into me because she kept, she would get angry. She must have had schizophrenia, all that kind of stuff. I suppose we didn't know what it was. We just thought she was a maniac. And so I at 11 said, you'll never come to my house again because she used to hit my mother with a stick and, you know, it was crazy, yelled all night and stuff. So I took, I said, you'll never come to my house. And out of that anger, out of that threat. Anger came into my soul. I needed deliverance. It, it manifested in our marriage. And thank God we got saved and born again. I remember that day of my salvation and when we were filled with the Holy Ghost. I remember that day a black cloud lifted from me. I said, Anger, you're gone forever. Murder, you're gone from my life. I am delivered. I'm sorry, Jesus, for saying that. And everyone goes, will you understand? Because she was doing all that. You can't understand sin's power. It's more powerful than your understanding. But you've got to understand and receive the delivering power of Jesus. I'll be forever grateful for that delivering power. I never rehearsed that again. I never rehearsed bitterness towards her. I never rehearsed that. And she rehearsed a lot of things. When we got saved in the church, she'd call the police and all that crazy thing. She did the crazy things, you know, and, but just gave me an opportunity to witness to the police and witness to everyone else that came, you know, just talked about Jesus. And, you know, and then one day Jesus said, go and see us. I put her in a home because she'd broken down and she hated me for that and I went in the home and they evicted me out wanted to evict me out of the home I said well I'm an Australian you can't evict me I'm going to see my auntie and when I went in there they said if she gets upset and she just broke down crying I said auntie Jesus loves you I said auntie I've come to set you free and they go you get out of here I said just stay at the door ladies mind your own business this is my business Jesus business with my auntie <coughs> you know that moment I led her to Christ and I broke that chain of bitterness. And the bitterness over life. 
and prayed with her. You know, from that moment on, every day she'd ask for me. And when she was dying, I was up preaching in Gympie. She prayed for me. I begged that I would come home and, and see her because she was dying that night. But Trish went and saw her. Now, she wouldn't talk to Trish. She hated Trish. But that night, she embraced Trish. And Trish loved her. And she found the love of Christ delivered. You can't disciple that. You deliver people from that. And disciple them through because the blood of Jesus Christ. Your prayer life needs to come around the blood. I evict demons from my life. I invoke the power of the blood. <laughs> if you're just going to pray life and say, Oh, Jesus, I love you. Thank you. Then you're not going to live the victory Jesus got for you. Come on, evict the demons from around your soul. They come to torment you. They come to speak negative. They come to tell you you're no good. Evict those demons. Come to tell you, your past was terrible. You did this. Evict those demons. The blood of Jesus is here to break them. He delivers us. <laughs> it's not a service where demons are making you scream. It's a lifestyle of walking free in Jesus Christ. Your prayer life. Oh, I love this Good Friday. It reminds me again of the great power, the love of God. And the last thing I just want to say, he reconciles us back to to God. If I could just tell you a quick story though, I just so you can see how powerful the bruising of Jesus. The external bleeding was on the ground. The internal bleeding was bruising. And see, there's many are broken on the inside. I was a young guy, man. I've told this story a couple of times. Some wouldn't hear it. But I was a young man. I was, it was a big drought and I had to, we went out and worked like it was work for the doll, but they paid us the minimum wage because of the drought. There was just no rain. There was, you know, there has been droughts before, so it's not just global warming. I want to say that. Um, I'm not saying there's not such a thing. as I'm just saying there's been droughts all through history of Australia. And if you live long enough, you'll realise some of it's exaggerated. You know, um, but the, I don't want to get into that issue. But but the issue is, the issue is in that drought. And we were clearing, our job was to clear a, a path from the Comboyne, which is up on top of the plateau of the mountain of Lansdowne Mountains, down to Upper Lansdowne, which was, I think, 15 kilometres. And some of the trees there were massive trees, and so the loggers would take them. And a short story, we fell this big tree. It was stood as high as me almost. So it was a huge log, you know, a huge log. It went down over the mountain. And the only way you could get it up was to cut it into lengths and, and, and draw it up with a big bulldozer with a winch on it. And um, long story short, this bulldozer was put up against a rock. And that was the rock. So the winch could, because there was not enough weight in the bulldozer. I remember saying to the guys, that rock will move. They went, oh, you're just a young guy. Get down there. I was the one who had to go over the mountain, slide down with a, with a rope, tie it on. So I was down the bottom, you know. I said, that rock will come, and I could get killed with that. They said, oh, get out of the way of it then. You know, they're farmers. They had no brains, you know, like, but just hard workers, just farmers. You know, and anyhow, sure enough, as it began to winch, that rock began to move. And I remember waving my hands, the rock's going to go. Then they felt the tractor going, so they stopped, but the rock still came. And the rock rolled down, missed me, obviously, because I'm still here, and, and, and landed on the rope on another rock, you know, that was still tight. Then they moved the, the, the um, tractor across and went behind another big rock that didn't move. It was right across in the hill. And, and they began to pull it again. And, I, and as they did, I said, the rope is breaking. Stop. Somebody will be killed because when that breaks, 
the tension on that so much, it'll fling back and cut somebody in half. I'm waving my hands. I got behind um, a log because I thought right where it would break, so I knew it would go that way or that way and miss me. So I just followed it, you know. And uh, then they realised, I waved my hands, they stopped. And, 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 and um, we had to get a guy out from Tari, an older guy. He came out, he came down with me. I had to help him down to look at this rope. And when he got there, he said this. He said, that rope's been bruised. You wouldn't have seen it until pressure came on it. See, he was bruised for our iniquities. Wherever you have brokenness, there'll be a bruising. But you know, he took and, and, and splayed that rope put it back together and he said to me David this is life he said he must have been a Christian I suppose I didn't really know the old guy but he he said this is what Jesus does he cuts the bruising out and resplays your life he said you know that will never break there that'll be the strongest part of the rope that's what Jesus wants to do for us today friends take the bruising out resplay the rope and of course we got the log back up last thing I'll say this he reconciles us to God that reconciles us. If any man be in Christ Jesus, all things have, and behold all, all things have become new. If you ever wanted to put a new tyre on or do something, you've got it there but you haven't done it and then you go and the tyre blows down or something breaks, anyone ever, like me, you put it off and then you think, if only I'd fixed that, I would have had less problems. We're like that in life so often. He's given us a new life but we haven't put it on. We're still struggling with the old life. It's there. We've got it in our, our repertoire. We talk about it, but we've got to put it on. We've got to put it on. See, he reconciles us with his love. It's his great love that God, the Bible says, in, that God has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ, who loved us and gave himself for us. The Bible says in John, the perfect love of God casts out all fear. Now, this is the power of love because we had time to go on through Ephesians. It says, be built up in the inner man by faith through the Spirit that you might be able to comprehend the love of God. Wherever love is displaced, you'll find dysfunction in people's lives. Wherever love is displaced. If it's displaced in a family, there'll be a, dis- there'll be a dysfunction in life. If it's displaced in the church, you'll always be bitter with the church. Dysfunction. It's not the church because we're not perfect. We're just washed in the blood. We're made perfect through Christ. But, you know, some of our actions and some of our stuff is not made whole. It's the blood of Christ. You see, we come to Easter time. Don't lose sight of the great power that's that's in the blood of Jesus Christ, in his body broken, in the blood of the Lamb, reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. I have, over the 40 years that I've ministered, I've met countless people and it's always dad's fault or it's always a teacher's fault or it's always somebody else's fault friend while ever you find fault in somebody else you'll never find faith in Christ <laughs> hallelujah I don't want to be harsh on you I understand the journeys of walking through life and some of the great challenges you have but he never asked you to walk it alone he said I'll never leave you nor forsake you I'll send the great Holy Spirit or convince you of sin of righteousness of judgment he said I'll give you the church where people will walk with you and disciple you and help you to overcome don't stay where you are because this Easter shouts to you 
Would you declare to the principalities and powers? Don't speak to demons all the time. You know what you do? You make known, I am a winner. I'm an overcomer. I'm in Christ Jesus. I'm a new man. I'm not rehearsing that place because Jesus has given me a new man. Hallelujah. I love the story and I love the man that was Easter. Jesus Christ. I love his blood that was shed. I love its power. If you fellowship the problem and fellowship the principalities, then that's what will happen to you. If you fellowship the blood and fellowship the victory and the resurrection of Jesus, then there's victory in your life. Could I pray for you this morning because I have overshot the runway. Father, I thank you for the great power of the Holy Spirit, the great power of the blood of Jesus. I thank you, Jesus, you're at the mercy seat and you intercede for us day and night. I thank you, the great, you're the great high priest that when Satan accuses me, <coughs> you speak to the Father and say, not guilty. I thank you that you declare your blood has redeemed me. It's delivered me. It's reconciled me to the wonderful Father. And I can cry out today saying, Abba, Father, you are my Father. I know this message will keep speaking to you as you continue your day. So for more information about City Point West, jump on citypointchurch.com or follow our social media accounts, Instagram, City Point West, or our Facebook, City Point Church West. Have a great day.